Amen. What a privilege and honor it is to pray for our, our partners. You know, we and then pray for each other. I think it's so um, it's so important for us to um, all of us go through different things. You know, in our lives, we have personal lives that God cares about you and me more than what you and I can do. And if if we can, you know, cultivate that on a regular basis, then we're going to be able to do the exploits that he intended for us to do from the very beginning. Amen? I, you know, the times that I've, you know, you, you have to trust God when, with messages and so forth. And the times that I've come in here the last few times have just been really to be an encouragement. Uh, and that's what the Lord's instructed me where that is concerned. And so we're going to be encouraged this morning. I was encouraged just meditating on these, uh, ma- these amazing promises that God's talking to me about. But I know that in the process of doing what we do, it's so you're gifted and anointed to be in the areas and the departments that you're in. And that's a, that's a gift that God's given you. But God's, God's, you're the greatest gift to God, not what you do. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, he, as, as dearly beloved children imitate their father, God looks, he doesn't want us to just think that all he's in it is to get something out of us. And I think sometimes when we're, you know, because most of our days are spent in ministry mode, right? We're up here doing, or we're, do, we're in our areas doing things, and so they're focused. So if we don't watch it, we can become more doing-minded than being-minded. Seriously, it's a reality. It's a reality. That's why people get burned out, and they may be in the ministry for 30 years, and all of a sudden, I'm done. I'm just done. I've given enough of my life, and I don't want to be involved in this anymore. Why? Because they've spent more time in the doing aspect of, of their relationship with God and, and, and seeing it as that's what their responsibility, rather than in, in resting and being in a relationship with God on an everyday basis. It's so easy to do. We've all done it. I've done it numbers of times. I have to correct myself, find myself, has the Holy Spirit to quicken me to make sure I don't stay in that kind of a locked mode. Because you have a lot on your plates, and you, there's a lot of responsibilities that each and every one of us have and mandates that we've got to get accomplished. And if we're not... If we're not sensitive to stay fueled up personally, then we'll look at our lives as just, I'm, I'm, I'm given everything I've got, and I, I'm done. You know what I mean? And so that's never a place that we want to be in. So uh, one of my favorite scripture passages where this is concerned is in Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Um, and as I was kind of, what do you title this? You know, remember who you are in order to do what you're called to do. Remember who you are in order to do what you're called to do. Uh, I, used, I preached a sermon years ago, to be or not to be, that is the question. You know, you either are or you aren't. But if you don't know who you are, you can't do what it is that you're called to do, right? In Joshua 1, 6 through 9, in this passage of Scripture, y'all have heard this Scripture before. I've meditated on this Scripture in a lot of different ways and for a lot of different reasons. It's a very, you know, especially in the Word of Faith, it's a very... Uh, dominating scripture that you'll find a lot of people go to in order to have the success that you want where your faith projects are concerned. And so uh, years ago, I had a revelation given to me where this is concerned. The Lord talks more to Joshua about being than he does doing. And I want you to see this. And in the actual, in the actual Hebrew, uh, it actually says it more than what it says it here. And I'm going to add where it would say this. It says, be strong and then it says, actually, be of good courage. 
So it says be twice right there, not just once. In our King James, it says be strong and of a good courage. In the Hebrew, it actually says be strong and be of a good courage. So there's two times right there. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong. There it is again. So that's the third time. And be, it says the fourth time, very courageous. All right, so we've already got it four times, and he hasn't said anything about doing yet. Just a reality here. I, I, I think it's really, really important because the weight of what God calls us to do is dependent more upon who we are than what we can do. That, that's why he says God looks after a man's heart. He judges not after the outward appearance of what you can get accomplished. He's looking more of what's on the inside of your heart because that's what's going to stabilize you in the midst of the storm. And so, and that's what I've got to re- remember because we can be so bogged down by, oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done. I've got to make sure this is ready. This is coming. I've got to make sure I'm prepared here. And it's become such a uh, an outward expression rather than how am I doing down here? How am I, how am I, you know, you can ask somebody, how are you doing? Well, I got this. No, I asked, how are you doing? You know, really, you know, that's, that's, that, could, but it happens. How many times does that happen for us? You know, come on. I'm just, I'm being transparent as well because it's so easy to do, to be a doer rather than a beer. Come on. And so, and the cool thing I love about this verb to be, because it is to be, if you understand it, it's, it's I am, you are, he is, we are, they are. That's the verb to be. Who's the I am? See, if, you're, if you and I aren't in this verb, but it's really a noun because it's the I am. Right? So we've got to stay fueled. We have to stay encouraged. He's telling him, be courageous. And I, let's continue. That thou mayest observe to do, here comes the first, to do according to all the law. So four times before you do something. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go, wherever thou goest. That's continuous. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. There's faith, Right? Thou shalt not, they shall meditate in it day and night, your thought processes, everything. And one thing is called murmuring. You're speaking it continuously. Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do. So there's do again. There's a second one. According to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Okay. Now, the thing about everything he's telling us to do here, it's so that we can be strong and courageous. So he's not, it's not necessarily go fix the toilet or go do this. He's saying, do the word. He's saying, do the word so that you can be who I created you to be. And in your being, you'll do what it is that God's called you to do. Come on. All right, so... So he said, have not I command, so it's a command, be strong and have a good courage. You know, I had, a, I had a mentor of mine, and I'm so grateful for this, and it's helped me throughout the years. But my, the first guy I ever had uh, was a guy by the name of Leroy Kemp, and he had already pastored a church for 20 years. It was a, and that, that was a good-sized church. It was in the 80s, so it was a gym, 
had things going on with it back in the 80s. So, I mean, it was, a, it was on the cutting edge of a lot of things. But this guy had pastored for 20 years. Now he was teaching ministerial students. Uh, he was in his, I guess, uh, in his 60s when I met him. Uh, he's in his 90s now, doing amazing still, just retired from teaching at the university. But he would say this, and y'all have heard me say this before, because he understood pastoring and, and mentoring and, and, and pastoring people and being in ministry for a long period of time. So he'd already been in ministry for 30 or 40 years when I met him. And he would say this, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is your relationship with God. And he was talking to ministerial students, trying to help us have a revelation of, look, and he'd tell us, you can, you can write all the books you want and be successful. He says, you can preach sermons that get people set free, delivered. You can do great things for God. But if you're going to have longevity in ministry, if you're going to continue to fulfill the call that God's, he's ta- I'm talking to me, to, uh, if we're going to continue to fulfill the call that God has on our lives, we've got to continue to have a relationship with God and stay in the word for our relationship with God. He says, I'm not talking about open your Bible for the next sermon that you have or the next book you're going to write or the next podcast you're going to do or anything. I'm talking about what is God saying to you personally because he's a personal God. And if you ever get out of that personal relationship with God, your ministry will eventually shut down pretty quick. And that's what he would tell us. And, I, and I'm so grateful for that because those, that was at the very beginning of when I was called into the ministry. And to have that understanding, I'll go back to that a lot of times. Because you can get to doing. Man, we're going 100 miles an hour sometimes. Got so much on our plate. And I've got to remember my time. I love that. I'm going to go back old school on your, Larno Harris. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day. But it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of me. It's true. I miss my time with you. And I sing that, and, I, and that, that comes out of my spirit. There's times where that thing just jumps up in my spirit. Rick, you know, I'm praying, I'm pressing towards things that are going on, but he's going, hey, hello, hello, can I just have a time just with you, just me and you? Hang out a little bit here, you know? That's those early, early, early wake-up calls. I just get to go spend time with him. And I'm, even though I may get up at middle of night, I'm refreshed. And I'm, because I, it's not sleep that I need, it's rest that I need. All right? And so it's important for us to continuously cultivate the being part of who we are more than the doing part. Because if we, our being is right, then it's going to be easy to do what it is that we're called to do. This is what you do. It's like, Doctor, it's what you do, man. It's what you do. It's faith. It's just, it's, it's a part of what you do. You know, if I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, I teach this in sports camps all the time. If you, try, if you have a receiver that's trying to play lineman, you're hurting, buddy. But if you have a lineman that's all he wants to do is run routes and they're going to be at a 5-6 rather than a 4-3, then you ain't going to get nothing done. You know? Refrigerator Perry went out in the old days. You know? The reality, somehow, the reality of what, and even us, trying to fit in a place that we don't, really don't belong, trust God. 
The only way you know that is by in your being rather than what you do. That makes sense? All right, so continue here. It says, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. And so he's really, to, here it goes again, be strong. There's another be and be. So there's six times, be of a good courage. And then the next one, be not afraid. So there's, there's another one, and then be thou, dis, nor be thou dismayed. So he's eight times he talks about your being. Eight times. There's something to that, right? There's really, that's powerful. And I think, you know, so Joshua, he was like, okay, Joshua, why do you think Moses spent so much time on Mount Sinai, so much time not with the people, so that when he needed to make a decision, he wasn't moved by the people, he could do what it is God wanted him to do. Right? And so we've got to, and Jesus, I love the testimony. You've heard it before. He spent 30 years developing for three years of ministry. 30 years of intimacy with the Father. That's why he can say, Father, I know that you always hear me, but I said it for their sake. What was he saying? He said, man, God, I'm with God all the time. Why do you think he'd go through the night without even sleeping? He could do that and wake up in miracle signs and feeding 5,000 and doing these great exploits. What was he doing? He wasn't in his own strength. There's a strength that's on the inside of us that cannot be cultivated by what we do. It has to be cultivated by who we are and our relationship with him being cultivated on a regular basis. The greater revelation of who we are in him is the easier it is for us to do what it is that he's called to do. If not, we look at all of our inadequacies. I can't do that. You know, especially when the person over you comes in and say, hey, could you help me with this? Oh, I don't know how to do it. That was one of the things Brother, Brother Savell said. He never heard Brother Copeland said, well, pray about it and figure out how to do it, right? Why? What are, you, what are you saying? Tap into God because God knows how to do that. And God will show you however that is. But see, if you're just doing it out of your own ability, if I'm just doing it out of what I can do, I'm pretty limited. Real, real limited. And what we have to do is stay humble enough to say, God, what would you do in this situation? Isn't that what Albert Einstein was known for and they thought he was a lunatic? Because he was sitting and go, God, if I were you, how would I do this? They thought, he's trying to put himself in the position of God. Yeah, that's what he put you in. All right, so does that make sense? Is that good? Okay, so I'm just going to give you some scriptures now. I'm going to give you a couple of saints first. This is who we are. And then I'm going to give you scriptures that go along with this. We are people of faith. We are saved by grace. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We are created in the image of God. We are anointed and appointed. We are commissioned with a vision. We are chosen for a purpose, and we are heirs to the throne. These are just a few things. If you meditate on who you are, find out more of who you are. Two weeks ago in our youth, we just took Ephesians, the first chapter of Ephesians, and we had all the students highlight. We gave them just their first 16 verses. Highlight everything that that says about you. They came up with some of 20-something different things. I'm an heir. I'm adopted. I'm I'm a child of God. You know, all these different aspects of who you are and and trying to help them captivate the new creature that they are, no matter what you look like on the outside. And then, so here's some scriptures. Galatians 3, 28 through 29. There's therefore Jew, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
I'm an heir to the throne. That was the last one that I gave you. Look at this in First uh, Peter two nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. What are we doing? When we're doing what it is that we're called to do, what are we doing? Praise God. Look what God has done. We're giving glory to God. You know, you come up with a new idea for your department or your area. Praise the Lord. This is what God showed me. What are we doing? We're giving glory to God. We're bringing light to the rest of the world about what God is doing in our lives. But you're chosen to do what you are doing. You just need to make sure you're doing it in your being, not in your natural ability. Because the Holy Spirit knows better. Because you want to do things like you used to do things. Well, what if the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do it like that anymore? What if God's got a better way of doing it? Right? Right? All right. And then so? So you're chosen to be who you are and what you're doing right now. Um, Mark 16, 17 through 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mark 16, 17 through 18. What is this? This is part of what we're commissioned to do. Here's the reality of it is. You may be working behind a desk. You may just be answered. You're anointed to do that, but you're also anointed to lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, speak with new tongues. You add your anointing to what's on you, on Dr. Savelle. Whatever's in you is helping him do what he's called to do, what you're praying out, who you are. You're still anointed to do that. You're doing that in an area, but don't lose sight of who you are. All right? That's what we're called to do. Why? Because Mark, Luke 4, 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And if that's what he was commissioned to do, that's what you're commissioned to do. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. That's who we are. We are anointed. We are anointed. Say, I'm anointed. Say, I'm anointed. I have to, you have to remind yourself. I have to remind myself. I'm anointed. God anointed me. Jesus commissioned me to do the work that I'm, I'm doing right now in my area, but also to the uttermost parts of the world. The cool thing is, is what you're doing is helping that take place all over the world, right? But don't lose sight of the reality of the anointing that's on your life, of who you are. I've got, you've got to remind yourself of these things and trust God to do what he is that he's he said to do what he said he's going to do in your life, amen. All right, um, look at this. Remembering who you are, Genesis one twenty six to twenty eight. And God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth." So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You were created and anointed, and in your being you have authority to rule and reign with your heavenly Father. In his image you were created. What's the image that you have of yourself? Oh, I just go to work and I sit down at this desk and I just do my thing. No! You're created in the image of God. The creator and the creative one is on the inside of you and me to do what it is that we're called to do, to be who we were called to be. We were called to be in his image. And light be, right? 
B. Come on. It's, 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 it's so, here's a revelation that you and I have got. To, we're a reflection of whatever we're meditating on right now in our lives. And if we'll meditate more on who we are, then when it comes to, do, we'll be willing to do whatever. Because we know we're anointed. Whatever we do, we do it wholeheartedly as unto God. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So whatever you ask me to do, I have the anointed one and his anointing living on the inside of me. I, have, I am an ultimate reflection of who God is, and I want to be all the time. But if I'm not looking into the perfect law of liberty to set me free from my old self and allow myself to see who I really am in God, and I was created for him, to be with him, for a relationship with him, so that I can mirror exactly who he is to the rest of the world. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And his desire is for me and you to look into that mirror and say, that's who I am. When you and I are looking into the word of God, I'm a new creature with new features. And I'm anointed to do what I'm doing at a level the world isn't familiar with for the honor and glory of God. The world needs to see a difference And the only way they'll see that difference is you and I have a stronger revelation of who we are in him. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace are we saved through faith. And the first thing I say is we are people of faith, right? It takes, what are we doing? Where faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, we've got to continually fuel ourselves. Meditating in that word isn't looking at it necessarily naturally, but allowing it to come into your heart spiritually. Hearing, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't put down those old CDs or those tapes. Put those, but those messages on your iPod or on your podcast, continue to fuel your spirit, man, with the revelation of faith, of what God can do, the authority of the believer, the development of your human spirit, the word of God, the word of faith, which we preach, which we live. For the just shall live by faith. We're called to live by faith. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, that's God's desire. Our desire is to walk as children, children of the light, children of of, of, of God Almighty, created in his image. That's his desire. I thank my God, at Philippians 1, 3 through 6, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer for mine, a prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. I want to pause just for a second and say, you know what? This should be our prayer for each other. Pray for each other. Man, we see each other more than we see anybody else. Really? We need to pray for each other. We need to lift each other up. And Thanksgiving, thank you. You know what? I'm thankful for Vicky that does something that I don't do. You know? I'm thankful. I'm serious for Dolores that does something that I don't do. Because I don't, does that make sense? Everybody's got a place. And we need to be thankful for what everybody's doing around us. Because we're, we're doing this together. And be the encouragement. We need to be, that's what, and be confident of this. The very next part of that verse. Being confident is that he began a good work in me. But also who he began a good work in you, Jeremiah. Where all of us are, are, are Troy are, are, are responsible for fueling ourselves, and when we're fueled up, it's easy to fuel up others. The, the deeper, stronger revelation of we have of who we are, it's easy for us to see who others are supposed to be as well.
Amen? And, and that's, that's our, Paul's encouraging. This, this is a prayer that Paul's praying out to the Philippians, reminding them. He's being an encouragement to them. And that's our responsibility. Internationally, when our international directors, y'all, or y'all go meet with them or talk to them on the phone, there are people that you're in your, the same line of, of what you're doing. Be the encouragement. Be the one praying and interceding for each other on, on behalf of what's taking place. And, and be confident. Your confidence will create confidence in people around them. Because they've got what you've got. They just need the revelation of what you've got. Come on. Then we can't let that revelation slip. Amen? And then Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, one of my favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know, for the longest time my whole entire life, that fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord you know, is reverential fear. It's, it's, it's not taking things for granted. It's not, you know, I, yeah, I, there's times in the mornings when I get up early and, I, and you have your routines. All of us have, like, like to have our little routines of what we do. Go, well, let, let, let the Holy Spirit mess with that routine sometimes. And if he wants to, all the time. It's a, why? Because he's personal. He knows what you went through the day before when you wake up the next morning, you're trying to get ready for the next day. And he may want to talk to you about some of the things that went on yesterday. Encourage you and build you up in your being so that you can do what's in front of you the rest of the day. Stay fueled up. Stay understanding that don't lean into, well, I'm, this is what I do. This is how I do it. You know, no. Yield. Stay humble. Last, this past weekend, Dr. Savelle ministered to us men at the men's, men's retreat. And that was one of the things he said, stay humble and stay hungry. Stay humble and stay hungry. Don't ever think that you have arrived. Don't ever, oh, I know that. He ministered this with so much grace and anointing on him. It was so much fun to just sit and hear someone like him, who we all love and cherish with all of our hearts, but just pouring to us, look, after 50 years, he's still hungrier than he ever was when he first started. But it's important to stay humble and be willing to just receive whatever it is that God has for him in any area of his life. And I I challenge us, I challenge myself, just be an encouragement to each other. Just make sure that, that you and I are cultivating who we are just as much more so than what we're doing. If we'll cultivate that, we're going to be stronger as a staff family, as a church family, as a body of believers. We are the church. The body, a, a building is not the church. Come on. We are, we are, you are members. I'm a member with you wherever you go to your natural church on a regular basis, right? And we've got to, we're supposed to be that for each other. In order to be what we need to be for somebody else, we've got to know who we are and make sure we're cultivating who we are on the inside of us so that we can be everything that we were created to be for our, for, for one, your family, two, where God's called you to minister, and then three, to the rest of the world and make the impact that God's intended us for having. Amen? Amen. Good, good? Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word that won't return void. If there's anything left undone, Lord, I ask you to do that, Lord. Uh, just uh, I receive this word for myself. And I thank you for it, that it won't return void. It'll do what it set out to do. Help me to be encouraged and help me to be an encouragement to everybody that I come in contact with. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.